Laura. Hey, Lord. So how did it go with Kat? Did you talk to her? Oh, well, Lord, not exactly. Did you forgive her? Well, Lord, I mean, I was just thinking, like, why should I forgive her? <laughs> because I asked you to. Well, yeah, I know you did, Lord, but why? Well, you shouldn't have to know why, just that I asked you to do it. Well, that doesn't make any sense, Lord. I mean, you don't understand the situation. Kathleen has an attitude problem. Laura, you believe that I know what is best for you and for Kat? Well, yeah, Lord. Then you'll do this. But, Lord... This is no different than when I've asked you to do anything else. <laughs> yes, this is, Lord. This is way different. When I asked you to quit your job, you quit. Well, of course, Lord, but I didn't like my job, so I was happy to leave, you know? I mean, this is way different. Okay, Lord, you know what? I've got an idea. How about we give it a week and I'll pray about it? Uh, I'll give you my answer now. Uh, but, Lord... Look, Kat's coming by here very soon. She's coming okay? by here? Well, yes. let's go. Now's your no. chance to talk to no. her. I want you to forgive Lord, her. Lord, you don't understand it. Hey, Laura, hi. It's been like two hi. weeks wow. since we've had coffee. Yeah. Oh, it has. We should totally get together this week. Oh, wow, I can't do that. I am so busy. Oh, yeah. Well, how about next week? Well, you know, actually, I don't think it's going to happen for a while. Oh, well, is everything okay? Oh, yeah, everything's great. Uh-huh. All right. Um, I guess I'll just um, see you later then. Bye. Lord, did you hear that attitude? I thought you were going to forgive her. I thought you said we could wait a week, Lord. No, you said that. Oh, okay, Lord, you're being unreasonable, okay? Why don't you just go talk to Kathleen and have her come to me and ask for my forgiveness? Laura, you need to obey. I want you to forgive Kat. But, Lord... Why do you keep calling me Lord? You won't even do what I ask. Ouch. Last week, Kevin talked about obedience and how God expects obedience from his children. And her situation, there was some pride going on there. Yes, you guys pick up on that. Um, but there's also fear of what that's going to look like. What is she going to say? What if she's going to, what if she points out something about me? What, and, and I don't want to admit that or. What if she blows up and I, you know, she makes a big scene in front of everybody and I get embarrassed? Or, you see what I'm saying? The things that go through our heads and how fear creeps in and keeps us from obedience. And uh, the Bible says, and oh, sorry, that's actually, we're going to talk about this. Yeah, I love this. We are kicking fear in the face. You guys remember a song from the 90s? I've got the power. Yeah, no, I don't know. It's some, it might be a theme song for you guys. I don't know. Um, <laughs> walk into the room and it plays. Um, and that is, that's something that today I really want to get it stirred up inside of you. Um, that you are more than a conqueror. You know, he said, Hayden is not a victim. He is a victor. Yeah. But can you say that Jesus has made me more than a conqueror? All right. And eventually, you guys are going to be able to emphasize that. <laughs> and you're going, to be, you're going to believe the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because I'm praying for faith to rise up. All through this message, all through this series, faith. Faith is what... 
overcomes, conquers our fears. And I would just pray for increased faith for you. But it's not just faith alone. Thankfully, God has given us something more. Um, 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 and 4 says, Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world. And go ahead and you can say it with me. We achieve this victory through our faith. Fear opposes faith. It brings in doubt. It stops us from moving forward. But the Bible just told us right here that we have victory through our faith. Amen? Faith conquers fear. So if you guys will pull out your yellow sheet, there is a blank backside because there's a lot of cool things that I think will be spoken today that uh, I didn't I didn't want to put on print. So you guys have plenty of room to jot down some cool little golden nuggets and things like that. Whatever God is speaking to you. So looking at our sheet, we'll see the very first thing. The main point that I want you guys to get is that... Um, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live surrendered and obedient, full of faith, full of hope, full of love. Who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers you to live surrendered and obedient. He leads and guides And in that moment, when you know you have a choice, are you going to do what God has said? The Holy Spirit is there. He's pointing out, this is the way, walk in it. He's there saying, uh, giving you the power to overcome your fear, giving you the power to overcome your doubts, giving you the power to overcome your past, to overcome your temptation, that he empowers you that it's like, okay, I'm not going to try and take control here. I'm going to surrender to the Holy Spirit. And it's not what I want. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus reign over me. It's not about me controlling my life. It's about surrendering to God's control. And this is something that um, Pastor talked about. One of the most frustrating, scary things potentially is when something's going wrong and it's a mystery. We don't know what's wrong. I don't know what it is. Yes? But you know what? Faith rises up. And even when we don't understand, even when we don't have clear picture, when the experts are clueless, faith rises up and says that God is sovereign. And his will will be done. And this is where... I'm going to talk about in just a minute having a good, a right perspective on life. There is nothing to fear. Your stomach problem. This is faith speaking. I don't know what's going on. You have children. You're young. But whether you live or die, it's not your life. It's God's. And he's given it to you. And he has created you with a purpose. And we don't know when the end date is for that purpose. And it could be 27, 28 years old. I don't think that's God's highest and best for that overdose right there. 
Okay? But we don't know when that time comes. But it's not up to us to control our life. It's us to, up to us to be a good steward with the life he gave us. Amen? And so in sickness or in health, <laughs> rich or poor, God, whatever you want to bring my way, I'm going to be a good steward and I'm going to praise you. In the sun, and the rain, my life will celebrate you, that you are always only good. When my life is bad, when my situation is bad, when my health is bad, when my finances are bad, you are good. And I will let faith rise up that you are sovereign, you are in control, and I am surrendered to you. And there's nothing to fear. Amen? Amen. Amen. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Fear is not your friend. You know, we need discernment for when we are to fight and when we need to watch God fight for us. Do you know that God fights on your behalf? The turmoil that was going on in your heart, in your life, when you raise your hand if you made a decision to have Jesus be the boss of your life. Yeah? That moment when your life was chaotic or whatever else, God was fighting for you, for your heart. You see, God fights for our deliverance. We can't save ourselves. You cannot save yourself. You cannot be good enough to earn his salvation, to be set free. He fought that battle for you. It was accomplished on the cross. Jesus fights for your deliverance. We fight to show our devotion. The theme this, the, for today is fearless devotion. And what is it that hinders you? your faith, your obedience? What is it that hinders you, keeps you from being fully committed, devoted to Jesus Christ? That in any situation, I'm going to put his will above my own. I'm going to put his character and how I love, how I treat others above how I feel. We have to fight to show our devotion. Bible says, work your own salvation out with fear and trembling, right? It's like, okay, you gave your life for mine. Now now I surrender. I'm going to fight to show you this. Check this out. God fights for our deliverance. Exodus 14. This is right after God shows up and shows off and does all kinds of stuff to deliver the uh, the Hebrews from the Egyptians. Remember Moses and Pharaoh and the plagues and all that stuff, and he brings them to the Red Sea, and they're, 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 they're backed against the corner. There's no escape. Surely the Egyptians are going to slaughter them. And God says, don't you worry. I have the way of escape. Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just what? Stand still and watch? Okay. You are trapped. There is no escape. And this guy 
comes from the wilderness, and he leads you out of slavery, and you're like, okay, this is pretty cool, but, and, and he's, he's, it's obviously, it's working, but there is no escape. And he has the nerve to say, don't be afraid, don't go running for your life, just stand still and watch. Is there something that you need deliverance in your life? You've been fighting tooth and nail to be set free from this thing in your life. And God says, don't be afraid. Stand still and watch me do my thing. Watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Don't you ever feel like like slapping somebody when you're worried and they want to tell you to just calm down, calm down? And you're thinking, how can I stay calm? My kid is sick. How can I stay calm? My, my, I don't have any money in the, in, in the bank. How can I stay calm? What do you, you don't understand. Come on, can I get a witness? Anybody have a problem staying calm when you're afraid? But God fights for our deliverance. Just stay calm. Here's your blank. Those who fear, infect, or poison, whichever one you want to put there, infect or poison others around them. Because of this, those who fear, they don't get to experience the victory. What am I talking about? You see, guys, we got to fight to lay hold of the promises that God has given us. What do I mean by that? I, God promised it. Isn't he just going to give it to us on a silver platter? Sometimes it does. Yep, that's, I mean, that's how salvation works. You can't earn it, right? You just got to receive it. Amen? But there's other promises where God says, okay, here, I've promised it to you. Go. Go and occupy. That's what the promised land was about. And the Israelites going into the promised land. Yes, you guys, you with me? There's promises that God says, this is for you. I have this for you, but it's, it's conditional. You've got to do something with it. Let faith rise up and go and do what I'm telling you to do. Abandon everything else that this world is trying to offer you and lay hold of what I've promised you. You've got to fight for that. God is faithful. Always. Always. But we've got to be fearlessly devoted if we're going to walk in the promises of God. People who don't get to see the victory, this is in Deuteronomy when God lays out how they're going to go and take hold of the promised land. And it says, when you go out to fight your enemies and you face horses and chariots and an armor, army, uh, army greater than your own, do not be afraid. But I'm outnumbered. Do not be afraid. The Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, is with you. When you prepare for battle, the priests must come forward to speak to the troops. Wait a minute. The priest. This is important. For one, you guys are all priests. I'm not talking about Catholic stuff here. Okay? The Bible says that you are saints 
and that you are ministers. You are priests. And this is talking about the religious leader needs to come to the foreground, and he's going to say something. When you're getting ready to do battle, men, you are the spiritual leaders of your house. Whether or not you've been doing it, it's your responsibility. And when there's battle, when there's things that are going on, you need to step up. And you come forward with spiritual authority and you say, listen to me, all you people. Do not be afraid as you go out to fight your enemies today. Do not lose heart or panic or tremble before them. For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies and he will give you victory. Now, I mentioned that every single one of you are priests. And that's the kind of thing that you need to recognize there's a battle raging on. And there's something that needs to rise up inside of you that speaks faith and hope. And you need to recall the power, the promises, the protection, the presence of God in your situation. If no one else speaks up, you must. Can I get a witness? I'm getting fired up, okay? Now, let's look at this. This is what happens. But then there's the officers who are going to say, is anyone here afraid or worried? And if you are, you may go home before you frighten anyone else. Can you say dismissed? This played out in the battle with Gideon in Judges chapter 7. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, first of all, let's get rid of all the fearful people. Whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 went home, leaving only 10,000. That's two-thirds of the people were fearful, were worried. And God eventually dwindled it down to 300 people, just so you know, to win the victory and make it undeniable that God won that battle, not the Israelites. But first and foremost, the people who are dismissed are those who are fearful. They do not see the victory. I want to talk about having a new perspective here. Sometimes seeing how someone else handles the situation can be inspiring. I mean, how you see things, how you have always seen things, this is how I know the world works, that can really convince you that some things are just impossible. Whether it's controlling your anger or handling money or being in a dangerous situation, when we think about how we would respond to the same situation, it's hard to see ourselves responding like that person. Yeah? Like like this guy. This is Joey Mesmer. And he's a kid from camp. And I'm going to read, this is what he did, I guess, on Thursday night. He caught a big snapping turtle with Benjamin Moss. He saw its head pop up and he paddled over and felt for it with the paddles in the mud until he found it. It took about 10 minutes to find it. And then he had to find where its head was and then feel for its back and the tail. And finally they got it pulled out of the mud and into the canoe, 25 to 30-pound snapping turtle. 
I asked if he ate it. He says, no, we just set it free. <laughs> okay. Now that, I would say, is an example of fearless. Okay? Now, some people would look at that and say, stupid. Okay? <laughs> uh, some might look at that and say, bored. Okay? Um, but he knew the risk. He knew the dangers. But he chose to do it anyways. This is called courage. The decision that something else is more important. I want to have fun. I want to see, I want to challenge myself to see if I can do something challenging like this, to, to, to catch this turtle. And there's risks, there's dangers. And I'm going to be wise about it, but I'm not going to let fear control me. And so he goes, and he does this. And you think about this, put yourself there. Can you see yourself staying calm, holding a snapping turtle that's 25 to 30 pounds? Most people are, no. (laughs) We need a new perspective. Um, I want you guys to see this video. I'm going to read it on on the screen here for you. What you're seeing is an optical illusion. These sculptures don't involve magnets or invisible wires. Instead, they play with optical perception. The sculptures are created by a Japanese professor. The human eye evaluates everything it sees in relation to three-dimensional space. So the professor builds his models to have a false sense of depth when viewed from a specific angle. So even after the magic is revealed, the brain has a hard time seeing through the illusions. So you shouldn't always trust your eyes. Fear is like an optical illusion. Like the models in the video, you might say that fear has a false sense of depth. It presents things in such a way that you're convinced that failure, because what are the things we're afraid of? Failure, rejection, harm, right? It presents itself in such a way that these things, failure, rejection, harm, it's inevitable. If I confront this, if I do this, it's going to happen. And to see someone else doing what you're afraid of seems almost unnatural sometimes. How do they do that? How is Joel up here speaking in front of everybody? You guys might might wet your pants if I was to ask you to do that, right? I know it's the number one fear in America is public speaking, okay? And it's like that's unnatural. How can he be so comfortable? But what if your perspective is wrong? What if you aren't stupid? What if you're not incompetent or truly in danger? What if you've just been looking at things from the wrong angle this whole time? That's your blank, wrong angle. 
What if you've just been looking at things from the wrong angle this whole time? But I fear, not, not afraid, this bad fear, I'm concerned that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ, say devotion, will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. Our devotion to Christ can be corrupted because of deception. We get deceived. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Many times we think about our fears like an old friend. We recognize that this is fear, but it's really familiar. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm afraid of heights. Yeah, you guys with me? It's just like, it is what it is. It's just like, hey, they're, they're just, hey, this is my buddy. Fear is not your friend. You, I'm talking about kicking fear in the face, people. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. What does that have to do with anything? Fear paralyzes you. It cripples you. It keeps you from moving forward. And that directly comes against the power of God's Spirit at work that enables you, that empowers you to do something. Fear is not part of the power that we see in a victorious Christian life coming from the Holy Spirit. Fear makes you selfish, and you're concerned about your own Self, your own safety, your own desires, your own comfort. Yes? Can I get a witness? And that directly goes against the kind of love that God calls us to. I have not given you a spirit of fear, but the opposite, one of power, of love, and a sound mind. Fear deceives you. Sound mind actually means showing good judgment having control over your thoughts, a sound mind, clear-headed. And fear perverts, it messes with it, it presents something like the models on the video that looks like, ah, that's impossible, that ball is going up, it should not go up, it, well, it's gravity, it pulls it down. And you're thinking, that's, that's not right, that's not normal. And it's your perspective. And how we look at fear in our life, it presents itself in certain way. But God says, no, think differently. I have not given you a spirit of fear. This is not normal. Everyone else experiences it because it's normal to experience fear in a fallen world. The first thing, do you guys know the first time fear showed up in the Bible? Genesis 3.10. Adam says, I heard you walking in the garden, God, and I hid because I was afraid. He was deceived by the serpent, and he hid in fear. It distorts your perspective. So let's talk about Holy Spirit power. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live surrendered and obedient, full of faith, hope, and love. 
So when we look at God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, we see that word is Greek. It's dunamis. It's the Greek word for power from which we get the word dynamite. Go ahead. Say dynamite. Say it like, like excited or something, you know? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, don't be afraid. <laughs> dynamite. Okay? God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. Come on. Can I get... Somebody, power. Yes, thank you. Emphasis, okay? Because I am no longer going to be controlled or chained, bound up by fear. God has given me the victory through Jesus Christ and because of the Holy Spirit. I have power to overcome. I have dynamite to blow up whatever comes my way. Yes? Yes? The Greek word... Uh, for the, the New Testament language word for power is the word dunamis, from which we get our word a dynamite. And I, <laughs> I've been preaching in this church for so long, I can't tell you how many times I've told this church the word for uh, there for power is the word dunamis, from which we get our word dynamite. And then when I say that, people are like, eh, eh you're doing it right now. He's like, eh, I've heard that before. So I just sit in my office and I'm like, how am I going to get people's attention about what I'm talking about. How am I going to get you to see that I'm serious? I'm serious up here. All right? You say, that, that fear about circumstances, that's persistent in my life. Right. And God has given you something powerful. I'm fired up right now here. And God has given you something powerful. I just got to watch my time carefully here. God has given you something powerful to address the problem of constant fearing circumstance. You say, this goes on in my life all the time. I can't get my mind off it. I'm going back and back and back to the circumstances. What am I going to do? I'm going to make sure that that doesn't blow. (laughs) These are, it's not really dynamite. (laughs) Do I have your attention? Do I have your attention? This is not weak, what God has given you. This is not lame. This is not a half answer. What God has given for the problem of fearing the future is he has given you a disposition of power. Amen. Power. I want to see a connection here throughout Scripture when he talks about dunamis, dynamite, power. All right? These are just a few of the scriptures that we see power mentioned for a believer. Luke one thirty five. the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary, mother of Jesus, and the power, say power, of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Luke 4.14, then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's Come on. Filled with the Holy Spirit's power, reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. My what? Witnesses. That means I saw it, I saw it right here. Let me tell you how God has shown up in my life. 
I am a witness. I am not a silent witness. I am a vocal witness. And you will receive power, boldness to be his witness everywhere. Do you guys see there's something that has a common thread through all of these scriptures so far? Anyone see it? Other than power. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, dunamis, dynamite power. And Jesus did what? He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And that same Holy Spirit that Jesus relied on, that Jesus was empowered on, empowered with, is the same Holy Spirit that is available, accessible, present here today with you. Romans 1, 4. And he was shown, Jesus was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're, only, we're losing some participants here. All right? He was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 15, 19. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum. He's talking about, well, let's move on. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5, the Apostle Paul says, My message, my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust, not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Are you guys seeing something? It's not about having fancy speeches or anything like this. I I don't think I'm a great orator. Okay, But it's, it's not about that. It's about the power of God evident in your life. Are you living fearless? Are you living full of compassion? Are, is the fruit of the Spirit evident in your life? Is the presence of God truly with you? You have power. It's not about all these other things. It's not about the fancy show and lights and and every practicing things to that's right. It's on the spot. I'm ready. I have an answer. I can talk about how real my faith is. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. And you have power to overcome fear. That's 1 Corinthians 4.20. 2 Corinthians 6.7. We faithfully preach the truth. God's Power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness and the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. And right now we're going to kick fear in the face. Yes? Not because you are awesome. Not because all of a sudden I said something and you became smart. It's because the power of God released in your life because of the Holy Spirit and a surrendered life to Him. Amen? I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power, same power, for us who believe Him. 
This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. The same power that raised him from the dead is the same power that's available to you. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. Yeah, let's try that one more time. But also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived, the way we lived. Guys, this is not a performance. This is everyday life. Everyday life, walking out in victory. I am not a victim. I do not just kind of respond to whatever breezes flow and push me this way or that way or whatever else, and life happens and I handle it. No, I walk in victory. This is a victory procession, and Jesus has won that victory. I'm just following his footsteps. I walk in victory. I am an overcomer. Do you know who I am? Not who I am, who I am like because of what I've achieved. Do you know who God has made me? Do you know who God has made you? That you can walk in victory and kick fear in the face. Fearless. Are you guys ready for some of that? I think that's the end of my slideshow. Oh, in the last day, Paul says to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 5, in the last day, There's going to be all kinds of craziness and all kinds of people doing stupid stuff and saying that the good thing is right and the right thing is wrong. And there's going to be people who are going to act religious, but they're going to reject the power that could make them godly. I pray, don't reject the power that God has for you, and that is the Holy Spirit. That's not a thing. That is a person of the Holy Spirit. He empowers us to live surrendered and obedient, full of faith, full of hope, full of love. Let's have the worship team come up here. And I want to have an opportunity for you guys to receive some prayer. If you don't know the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no fear. There is no shame to that. If you want that, don't sit in your chair anymore. If you want that, stand up and come up here. And let's pray. Like now. Seriously, now. If that's the kind of power, if you're sick and tired of fear pulling you back and keeping you from living in victory, then stand up and come up here. And let's get some prayer. Let's receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. I know I've talked. I know I've been talking to many of you individually as I've been preaching. And I'm telling you, this is for you. Yes, you may have received prayer and you may have said, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. But I'm talking about a refilling right now. telling you, get up and respond to what God is speaking to your heart. If you want that power to walk in victory, to walk in life, to walk in hope, to walk in faith, come on up here.